It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, hello again, everybody. We are back from our Olympic break, and it's time for episode 178. I'm Ted Fatel of Z92.5 in Sportsnet, Michigan, with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone from North Carolina and Jared Fatel of Valley Sports Detroit right here in the studios. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Corona Connection, Hankered Sportswear, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, the Owasso Speedway, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. You know, guys, uh, we, we don't talk about it enough, and we're going to get into our catch-up portion, but every time I read through our sponsor list, it's just amazing that we've had this support. You know, we're at episode 178, but, uh, you know, our sponsors really have jumped on board and helped us out a lot. Yeah, I think it's awesome, and I think we're definitely seeing a little bit of growth. We always say that. It's been a slow burn but we're seeing a lot of growth and hopefully we're helping get the word out to some of our sponsors too so yeah it's definitely cool to see yeah that's the that's what i would say is the cool thing about all of our sponsors they're all local businesses and they're all local businesses that we all have probably used before in some capacity and you know stand behind yeah, and we 100% support them for sure, without a doubt. Well, uh, the other thing we support is the Olympics. I kind of joked a little bit that we were on our Olympic break, but we all took our uh, summer vacations and, uh, you know, went to different spots. And, you know, I'll just start it off. Jared and I, you know, you could talk a little bit more about your vacation experience, but we, we had our annual Onaway get-together it was a good time, as always. I know uh, Jared got on me a little bit uh, the last time we recorded about uh, my timeline uh, getting yeah. together with everybody, but let's kind of put that behind us and talk about some of the highlights. Yeah. Um, it started with, so on Friday I went to Mackinac Island, which I've been there one other time in my whole life, and I got to tell you, that place is just about everything that you could ever want. It's got beer, it's <laughs> got golf, it's got... Uh, outdoor seating for drinking beer. It has shops, and that's pretty much all you need, really. It's got bikes, and it's got trails. That's about the perfect vacation spot for me. Why I loved Mackinac Island so much is probably because everyone who is there is on vacation mode. And there's something about when you go to a place like that that you just can't recreate that energy. And so I'm just 100% a big-time fan of Mackinac Island now. Yeah, you know, a lot of our listeners that may not be familiar with Michigan, and I know they've heard us talk about uh, up north Michigan before, but really, when you get up to the, the very point there, the straits between the Upper Peninsula and the Lower Peninsula, it's a whole different world. And, and like you said, Mackinac Island, it's, it's one of those places that if anybody is coming to Michigan to, to do a little vacation for the first time from out of state, I'd say Mackinac Island's like a must to, yeah. to visit. I think it's it's definitely a, a super unique spot, probably. I mean, there's a ton of them, obviously, across the, the country, but it's got to be one one of those up there as, like, a very unique spot to vacation because of everything you guys are describing. 
before we started recording, Jared, you, you asked me how close I am to the Outer Banks. I think it's something like similar to that. Like the Outer Banks, one route to get there, and once you get there, you're pretty secluded from the rest of the world, basically. That's kind of like Mackinac Island. I mean, you have to take a ferry to get there. Then, like you said, basically everyone there is on vacation mode. You can only get around by bikes or, like, horseback or whatever. Or so, walk. No, Mackinac Island, I always tell people the same thing. Like, if you want to do a super unique, a really cool and, like, nice vacation, go to Mackinac Island. Here's here's what I'll say about it. I don't know how – I don't know if I could spend, like, a week there. You'd be going crazy if you stay there. <laughs> I don't know. I can, it blows my mind that people, like, live there. I, I Like, how do you live there in, in the winter? How do you – grow up there it just would be incredible uh that part of it being a kid there would be so much fun but i don't know it's just overall a great place and the camping trip in general went well uh ted you know saw him maybe for just a blink and he was gone <laughs> but other than that it was a great trip yeah kind of how i prefer it but it, <laughs> it actually for me it did work out really well you know we've talked about it uh, i mean you guys had your thing going, which was cool. I mean, I, th- I think it really was. You had your girlfriends. Johnny had his girlfriend. Yep. Um, it it kind of was neat the way we broke it up, I thought. I mean, I love, I love seeing everybody. Uh, you know, maybe I didn't see them as much as I, I really would have liked to see them because you guys did have your own thing going on on part of it. But we still had a couple of nights of campfire time. Um, you know, we had a big cornhole tournament. The next generation, you know, the three to one-year-olds now coming through the ranks. They're going to be carrying on the tradition (laughs) down the road. Can we – Matt, where do you stand on Cornell? Just like in general? Just in general. Like what do you mean? Is it your your go-to outdoor game? Do you love it? Is it your favorite? Just where do you stand on it? Okay. um, So the the vacation that I was just on, I was with my wife's family, and we, we like playing Cornhole a lot. We didn't necessarily have a tournament like what you guys do. So, like in that setting, it's, it's a lot of fun. I don't, I would, I don't know if I would say it's like my go-to yard game. I definitely like it, though. I'll say that I re- I enjoy cornhole. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just in the spot. I just think it's a, think it's, it's a fine game. <laughs> it's just I, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like it's something you're either good at or you're not good at it. And there's really no way to like move up the ranks i feel like i've been the same skill level since i was like 12 years old in cornhole yeah you know but but for a family get together and you know it was fun even your mom i mean she got completely skunked but she kicked in the money (laughs) and got into the tournament it's it's something everybody can at least can play you know and that's what's kind of cool about it yeah that's what i was gonna say everyone can basically play it whether you're six years old and can barely muscle the bag up there or you're 70 year old and have to play from a chair like everyone can play it you can improve though, because I've I've learned from some people who actually like who still live in the Owasso area who play on a bunch of those leagues around there. Some some of them play up at Rivals, are, are one of our great partners, and they've taught me like how to correctly throw a bag. And at first, I was kind of like you, Jared. I was like, yeah, okay, all right. But then I like listened and actually tried it. And I feel I've gotten better. So if you really wanted to, Jared, you could improve at cornhole. Yeah, and I mean, congratulations to my brother George, who beat my other brother John in the championship match. So yeah, so where where have you been, Matt? What yeah. you you just got back from vacation? You were back for one day. Now you're going on another vacation. I mean, flat out, you're living the life. Like what? What are where are you going? <laughs> He's regrouping for football. <laughs> yeah, basically. So yeah, it, it kind of just worked out this way that uh, we we did a vacation last week with my wife's family. Like I said, we went up to Virginia. And went camping for basically a week with all of my wife's family. So that was incredible, really cool uh, resort-style campground we were at, staying in cabins. Came back for a couple days, and now my family's coming down. They're actually they're on their way down right now. And we're going camping for a week over at the beach where, where we like to go to the beach over on the ocean. And we're staying in cabins over there again. So, so yeah, kind of like you said, it, is, it just kind of worked out this way to kind of do these two vacations with our families. And it was perfect timing before my daughter starts school and before my schedule starts getting crazy with football coming back. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like on like on the calendar when we looked at it, it was like, oh, cool, it's basically like two weeks of vacation. It's going to be great. <laughs> but, like, coming back and having this, like, two days to, like, do laundry and get everything figured out, do this podcast and everything, feels a little hectic, but also yeah. it's like, whatever. 
Yeah, I, I'm not. Gonna, I mean, I feel like we all are kind of in the same boat. When you get back from a vacation, it's kind of crazy, but there's nowhere you'd rather be than just like at your house. <laughs> and it, it is sounds awesome. Like the mega vacation, like on paper, it sounds awesome. Like man, two straight weeks vacation. But I feel like you're already going into this next vacation already like worn down from the previous vacation. Yeah, a little bit because preparing. yeah, I mean, we kind of like slept in this morning. But I was also like, all right, I got to get up because I've got this podcast to, to record. I've got to get, like, laundry going. We got to, like, grocery shop later, do some other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's hectic. But it's also, I mean, we haven't we hadn't seen my wife's family in a little while, haven't seen my family. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's exciting. But it is kind of – I love vacation. I love doing all this stuff. Like, your guys' family reunion, you guys do it on away, sounds awesome that you guys do it every year and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, all the, the planning, everything that goes into it can be a little stressful. But then once you're there, enjoying the campfire and having yeah. fun, it's all worth it. So. It is. And I, and I do get what you say, too, Jared, because, you know, even though vacation was fun, it was, it was a blast. And, in fact, I enjoyed being there the extra day. You know, we stayed overnight Sunday night, so it gave us a chance to have some quiet, quieter, you know, pool time and lake time. We went to Mackinac City, but oh, it was it was still, it's always actually, nice to kind of get home. I have one final complaint that yeah. I just forgot has been sitting in the back of my brain for the last week. Why is it every, and Matt, tell me if this is something you have encountered too. Every time I go to any sort of campground or, you know, or basically a campground, my group is always the one that gets shut down for yeah, being too loud. Why, why is it that I've always <laughs> noticed that whenever you go on these vacation campground places, everyone is going to bed at like 10? Like it's a normal like work day. Quiet time. I, just, yeah. I guess I just don't understand why is that the case, one. And two, why is it a big deal if there's one group that is actually like enjoying their vacation and is a little louder than the rest? It's something that happens every single year. And it's always us, Matt. <laughs> And and maybe we are the, the we're the, the dickheads that are the ones being loud, but I don't know. I just like what is the deal? Why does everyone go to bed so early? Yeah, I mean, it, you said it, Ted. Quiet time. It's not necessarily bedtime, but you could. It, it's always like you could be around your fire, you could be doing whatever, but you have to be like having quiet time. It is kind <laughs> of funny. Like, like when we used to camp, we haven't done it in a few years, but it was a similar uh, tradition that we used to have with my mom's side of the family, where we would all go camping with all my cousins and. Everyone would go camping. It, we got shut down often, too, because the ranger would roll around and be like, hey, guys, it's 11 o'clock, and you're keeping the campground God, up or whatever. Dude. But it, it is kind of funny because, yeah, once you get a group of 15, 20, 25 sitting around, you're going to start laughing and having a yep. good time. So. Yeah, our family literally is the loud family. I mean, it doesn't matter <laughs> the get-together, does it? Do you? But is that how it always has been? It, it just in general, mm-hmm. every time every camp or every time you've camped, there's everyone's in bed early and oh yeah. I guess I just don't yeah. I thought we were on vacation here. It's, I guess is it's just weird that I feel like I'm like in sixth grade when I used to go to Camp Pinewood. It's, it's and you can stay up late. It's been that way since I first started camping in 1964. They always have quiet time. You know, <laughs> it, that's the way. That's the way it is. You, you know, a little respect for people. You still can have fun, like Matt said. You can still sit around the fire, but uh, when you got twenty or twenty or more people, you're going to get people laughing out yeah. loud with the stories, and that causes the little issues. Before we move on to Please. some. Go ahead, Matt. It's got to be part. Yeah, it's, it's got to be partly because uh, you know people are in like tents and stuff, so like you can hear everything. Right. So even when you think you're being quiet, you are like echoing throughout the whole yeah. campground. Uh, it's got to be something like that. Yeah, I, I did want to ask though. You you talked about like the younger generation, like the babies, and then there's obviously Jared's generation now bringing the girlfriends around. Yeah. So for you, Ted, like, are you? Is it like kind of weird? To see the family reunion dynamic kind of changing, like now you've got the the little babies toddling around, Jared's going off with his girlfriend doing other stuff. Like, is it kind of is it weird or is it kind of cool to see it? You know, changing. It's, it's evolving, kind of, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of a combination. You know, it's uh, it is strange and it's a fact of life. You know, it was always and Jared could vouch for this. It was always kind of my mom and dad's. They were the they were like the king and queen of the campgrounds, right? In our yeah. group, and, and now that they're 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 no longer involved in it, now it's me and my brothers and sisters are kind of the older generation, kind of you know putting things together and 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 coordinating things. It is a little different though being in that position. It's weird that because now we have 
basically like a starting five of yes. kids that are under two years old <laughs> right. or two or like kids. So that's just probably the weirdest part about it is we've never in my entire life. We've really never had that. Right. Uh, and now it's like they all came in one swoop. And, and, and we, we did the tally. Really, this is. For the most part, our 30th annual get-together. I mean, we first started this in uh, 91, and it's been consistent for the most part ever since then. So it's, it's been it's been quite a quite a fun family thing. And I know, like, especially your generation, Jared, you guys, you lived it every year, right? Mm-hmm. So you always look forward to going up there. It's, it's good memories. Yeah, no, it is. No, it's cool. So, so Jared, you gotta, you're going to have to keep it going at some point. You know that, right? I thought about that. I, to be honest, I'm calling it now. It is not going to be kept going. I really don't think it will. I, I just, I just don't. Not see if Jared it. has his. No, way. I, I, no. I, I mean, I would love to keep it rolling, but I just don't. I think once the aunts and uncles are, they're all gone. I just don't see it. So you don't going. think once you get married and you have your own kids, and hopefully most of us old geezers are still alive and can participate, you don't think it'll continue on even once we're gone? And let's say you're in your late 30s and you have kids that... Uh, I hope it does. I just, I know how these things go. I mean, it's already almost, you're going, you're coming for half the trip. You're. It's already I, almost no, like I was there for the whole the trip. Teams. You extended the trip. I was there for the whole trip. We always did Fridays to Fridays yeah, through Sundays. We're, too much time on this damn family reunion yet again. Uh, <laughs> very, very true. All right. Well, we'll move on to sports. One final quick comment. It's Fair Week here, Shiawassee County Fair Week. Any uh, any thoughts on the Shiawassee County Fair memories? Anything there? Well, it's back. I know that because it didn't have it last <laughs> yep. summer, right? Correct. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Probably for everyone who's like super involved in the fair, it's probably very exciting for them. Uh, the memory, you, you said a memory for me. We've probably said it on this podcast before around this time. I just when I see Shiawassee County Fair, all I think is football two a days. That's the first thing oh, I yes. think because yep. you know, maybe sometimes the timeline maybe didn't play out exactly the same. But for me, it was always Fair Week was football two a days, and we would you'd go to two a days. It'd be hot as hell. You'd be drained, but we would still go to fair to like because that's what you did when when you were in Corona and you were in high school or whatever. You'd go hang out at fair. That's where the we chicks would be were. walking around those fairgrounds, and we would just be pooped and just like, what are we doing? Let's just go home. But yeah, so when I think about fair, I think about football two a days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty much spot on. It it was always the same exact week that fair was was right when football started. Uh, I just think of I guess going back to when I was a kid. I remember it was probably one of the coolest football games I've ever been a part of. It was like the it was like me and my friends versus the I don't even know the farm boys or whatever you want. <laughs> we were in like the um like the show arena. I don't know what oh, you, on the sawdust. Yeah, in the sawdust playing tackle football it was not the safest thing I've ever done. But it was like arena football is how it, is yeah. how it reminded me. But that was a blast. But no, every year you go to fair. I have friends that used to show pigs there, and every year I would leave thinking. I need to get in the pig showing game. They would walk out with like two grand, and it was almost like they had hardly done any work, like for selling these pigs. And I always, I was always like, man, that's the ultimate. Uh, I think you're short, short changing them a little bit on the no work, but <laughs> well, here's what I'll say about the work: it's oh, their dad's doing the work. They all they gotta do is show it. Is is, is a lot of what I was shown. Now I know your girlfriend Elizabeth is uh, is a big animal lover. So are you gonna be going to the fair with her? Yeah. It's- yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest fair guy. I, we were talking about this before the show, but I'll go. I mean, you know, you walk around, do a, do do one little cycle around, grab an yeah. elephant ear, and hit the road. That's yeah. the way I look at Can't it. Can't beat the food, that's for sure. And I, I'll just close it with my memory. You know, you you both, and I call it the new fairgrounds. Hell, it's probably been, <laughs> what, 25 years or 30 years since they've been out on Hibbard Road. But my all my memories of the fair, really, they go all the way back to McCurdy Park, where it was uh, it was held there for many, many years. And Fair Week, our family, my siblings, we looked forward to Fair Week so much because our parents would give us some some coins. We'd go down to the fairgrounds. We'd walk down there, you know, and, and we'd spend all week just patrolling around McCurdy Park. It was it was just a blast. Kind it is of, a cool thing. For, we would go there, not necessarily every day when I was a kid, but we would go there a few times a week. And I think, I don't know if it's the same anymore, but I think it, the parents used to feel like safe letting their kids do that. Like yeah. you would just go to the fair and maybe, you know, before cell phones even, you would just say like, hey, meet back here at 7 o'clock or, you know, whatever you would say. And I feel like parents probably used to really feel 
drop your kids off at the fair and you feel pretty safe. I don't know if it's the same anymore, but it is true. We used to go there and just like, I don't even know what we would do all day. You just walk around and do stupid stuff all day, play football in the show arena or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you would just get dropped. It is funny because, yeah, you would literally just get dropped off, and that doesn't really happen anymore, which is kind of sad to think. But it also, um, just the picture in Ted when you were a kid, <laughs> you were sort of like, from what I've heard, like from secondhand stories, is that you were almost like a tro- problem, like teenager, like kind of <laughs> the classic teenager. So I just imagine you at this fairground, like Stan from Stand By Me, like in his crew, like patrolling <laughs> the grounds. That's what I picture. Probably, probably pretty accurate <laughs> portrayal. You're probably right on there. But it, it was a lot of fun for sure, and some great, great memories all right we're going to get into a little olympic talk next and some other sports topics right after this boogity 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 let's go racing the owasso speedway has been building families and communities through the promotion of short track racing since 1939 that's almost as long as you've been alive ted saturdays are race days at the big o with gates opening at four qualifying begins at five with the green flag waved and racing at seven the owasso speedway's three-eighths of a mile oval high bank layout is super fast providing thrills and action galore. Easy to get to on M21 between Owasso and Ovid. Stay up to date on upcoming features by following the Owasso Speedway on Facebook at Owasso Speedway MI. Tinkered Sportswear provides a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing store with many loyal customers, 100% guaranteed to satisfy your expectations. Tinkered Sportswear always has Karana, Owasso, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Special items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979, stop into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. Kendall Drugs in Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance? No problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona, or give them a call at 989-720-4295. All right, so you, we all know now the USA won gold. Uh, but I just want to go through the timeline of kind of everything. You're talking men's basketball? Men's basketball, yes, which, is the, which was, I mean, in, in, I think the biggest story of the Olympics, just that whole roller coaster ride. So just, it starts off, right, leading into the Olympics. So number one, they go into the Olympics as, like, huge favorites. Uh, I think it was something like uh, basically, like, the next closest odds is, like, 4-1 to one or something like that or 8-1 to one behind them. Uh, and that was even despite finishing 7th at the World Cup in 2019, right? Number 2, they start the Olympics 2 and 3. You remember the like two they lose two their first two against, first two games against Nigeria and whoever knows else, and then they lose their very first game of Olympic play against France. So they start off the whole tur- the whole tournament 2 and 3. Uh, everyone basically starts wondering. This is when we all came out. We're like, what the heck's going on with this team? What They suck so bad. Everyone started wondering how this team with 10 of the best like 12 players is struggling in this tournament. They go on to win gold, which we all basically thought was going to happen. And then this team has irritated the hell out of me this last, like, two days. They are acting like everyone was against them. No, we were not against you. And and if you aren't sure what I'm talking about, Draymond Green basically went to freezing cold takes and had him compile all the guys who were saying they wouldn't win gold. And in all the Instagram stories, they're talking about the haters, and Kevin Durant's talking about the haters. We never said you couldn't win gold. We were saying, how in the hell aren't you winning gold? Is basically what our thought process was. How are you not winning every game? And, and I'm just so sick of everyone having quote-unquote haters nowadays. No one was hating on you. All we were saying is, you should not be losing to France. You should not be losing to Nigeria. And 100% we were right. And the fact that you, no one said you guys weren't going to end up winning gold. We knew that you were still the best team in the tournament, like obviously. And you should clearly win gold. But for some reason, they decided that we were all against them. When in actuality, we were just having rational like uh, like re- realizations about this team. The fact that they are losing all these games and had no way to really improve that we thought at the time, it just was a natural reaction for us to say this team is a problem. And they still were. It wasn't like they, you know, really impressed us at the Olympics. Yes, they won gold, and I shouldn't poo-poo that, but it's almost like. 
you shouldn't act like you just conquered the world when you were scratching and clawing to win a gold medal against Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think most rational, you, you use the word rational, I think most rational people, when they were kind of looking a little rough, were looking at it as like what you were saying, ooh, man, does this team not quite have it for the gold? Or, you know, like, are they going to put it all together? Those kind of thoughts, like maybe they're going to end up with silver or bronze. But there definitely were a lot of haters out there, like Durant's talking about, and definitely a lot of people who were saying, I mean, we were questioning Greg Popovich even, and there were a lot of other people saying, is Durant good enough to carry this team? Is Lillard good enough to carry this team? So there, there definitely were a lot of people hating. And then obviously there were a lot of people who just hate the NBA and hate today's NBA players, and they were saying these guys aren't good enough and, you know, throwing those kind of takes out. So I think maybe this team has, you know, ridden the wave a little bit, maybe like what you're saying, and maybe taking it a little too far. But, hey, whatever, they're having a good time. They want gold. They could, whatever, they're on top of the world type of thing. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think there, it was, it's like today's society. Like when, you know, like we see it all the time in football. A team loses one game, all of a sudden it's, oh, my God, like the run is over, you know, whatever. If Tom Brady loses one game, it's like, here he's falling off a cliff. And I think that's what was happening with this team. They lost one game, and everyone's expectations are so high that it's like, oh, my God, what's going on with this team? And we're not, like, taking a step back and saying, like, okay, let's give them a chance to kind of gel figure out their lineups, figure out, you know, how they're going to play defense and stuff like that, and let them get into the actual tournament play and see how things play out. Because once they once they did, once Durant got rolling, once Booker and Middleton and Holiday, you know, the, the players who were just in the NBA Finals, once they kind of got into it, they figured things out. Popovich figured out the rotations. And, yeah, they proved that, yes, teams are still very good, but – the U.S. is still kind of, I mean, not kind of, they are definitely a tier above the rest of the, the teams in the world. You know, and I think also that, you know, they're, they're, they're going, ha-ha, now we did it. But, you know, you got to believe uh, that some of the questioning by legit, you know, NBA followers, basketball followers, did motivate them. Now, I agree with what Matt said. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of people that just hated on them. I think some of the things we brought up, were legit, you know. They weren't playing well, and and you know, I think they used that for some motivation. And they said, "Hey, we got to get our act together," and they yeah. did, you know. And they played pretty well. And and got to give credit, Durant did step up. I mean, what he's won his third gold medal. I think what tied Carmelo Anthony. So, congrats, hey, good job. <laughs> it was a good job, and that, and they did what we wanted them to do. You know, they ended up winning gold. That's all that matters. You don't care at to, nowadays. We don't really care how many you win by. Uh, just win the gold medal. And Kevin Durant, I mean, he's had 30 points in every single gold medal game he's played in. He is the quote-unquote Captain America. There's really no <laughs> other way to put it. And we talked about it back when we, you know, when they were struggling is he was the one super-duper star that said, I'm going to play with this team. Mm-hmm. And if Kevin Durant do- did not play in this, I mean, probably half of these other guys that are in it that are borderline stars probably would not have played either. So, I mean, you just have to circle him as reasons – you know, one through ten of why this team won a gold medal, and it's just—it's impressive. He's crazy. Every time I see him stand next to somebody, it's like, how tall is this freaking guy? I know, <laughs> with those and, skills. Yeah, with and it's and it's funny because he goes to international play where it's you know, oh, it's like it's shrunken in. There's not as much space, and it doesn't matter. Some of these guys, Damian Lillard, he plays a little bit different style of basketball. He's out here scoring five points a game. Right. Not Kevin Durant. It doesn't matter if he's out there with uh, freaking volleyball. Like he's still going to score thirty every game he plays. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just, no matter where you're at, whether you're in a, a, a park yeah. gym or whatever, or, you know, whatever, he's going to be able to play. But, like, it is crazy how, how different the, the style of the game is because the game they had against Spain, uh, Ricky Rubio scored 38 points. Yeah. I don't know if Ricky Rubio has scored 38 points ever in an NBA game, you know? So, like, he's out there, like, torching NBA players in this Olympic-style basketball. So it is different, but it, I know you tweeted out, Jared, even though the gold medal game was good against France, I was hoping to see U.S. go up against Slovenia and yeah. Luka mm-hmm. Doncic because I, I think the U.S. still would have won. But it would have been really cool to see Luka in the gold medal game going up because he would have tried to drop 40 on the U.S., you know. So that would have been cool to see. But overall, I mean, yeah, like you said, the, that that's just what the bar is for U.S. basketball at this point, gold medal. Yeah. And when they win it, it is kind of like, 
yeah, cool, you want it. And it, so it is kind of funny to see all the people who are questioning, all the, you know, even the, the experts and, the, you know, the people who are analyzing the game that were starting to say, like, I don't know, this might be a bronze medal team. You know, they might not be able to put it together. Then when they win gold, it's just like, oh, cool, good job, you yeah, won gold. Pretty much. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, but if they would have won silver or bronze, oh, man, that would have been the biggest story of the Olympics. So that's just the bar that they've set because they're so good. Absolutely. I mean, one, they're 16th and 19, so that's not too shabby. Also, we got to send a shout-out to the women. I mean, they won also. Really a weird final, though, taking on Japan. Japan, their tallest player, only six foot one. I mean, the U.S. just dominated height-wise. I'm not going to lie. I watched the first, like, ten minutes of that game. Yeah. Just, I was, because I, I just happened to be watching the Olympics, and I saw the preview for it, and I said, man, these are going to be two contrasting styles. <laughs> I have to watch this game. Right. And and it was entertaining, but, yeah, the United States ran away with it. Yeah, and congrats to Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. Fifth gold medal in women's basketball. Pretty amazing. We are recording this on Sunday. The closing ceremonies taking place. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys. And my wife's really, really a big fan, but I do love the Olympics. Just all the backstories. You know, I thought they covered it pretty well d- despite the time difference, but uh, I really enjoyed this Olympics. Did you guys have any any highlights that stood out to you? Anything that, other than the men's basketball, that y- you really enjoyed? Biggest storyline. I mean, I love watching the sprinting events. Men's track, you know what's crazy? You think of like the United States, like when we're so fast, like we have some of the best. And that is true in women's, but in men's, like, we haven't won a gold medal in, I don't even know, I think it was like three or four, like, Olympics, until the very last sprinting event, the 4 by 4 like, won it, which yes. was just cool anytime you see something like that. But my biggest takeaway from the Olympics, and let me know if you agree, where do some of these sports come from? I saw a video on Twitter <laughs> of, like, a speed trial of two girls climbing a wall. Like, I just wonder, like, is it, like, and I always go back to, I always think of the movie, um, Foxcatcher, uh, which if, you, if you're unfamiliar with those, Steve Carell and Channing Tatum, like oh, wrestling, yeah, group, yeah. where that guy was like a Olympic in like the most minute like sport that you've never heard of, like random sport where half of it was running, half of it was like climbing, half of it was like shooting. Like some a million of these sports are just created by rich people to like get a way, to have a way to compete for a gold medal, and it's just kind of funny the amount of sports there really are in the world that people dedicate their lives to. And it's cool to see him well, win a gold medal, but it's just, how do you not look at it and go, what in the hell am I even watching right now? Well, but yeah, speaking of, like, rich people creating it, like, I, I happened to come across Equestrian that was, you know, people were competing, and they're, like, running and you know, <laughs> jumping over these poles. And I, I just, like, I know that's, like, probably been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. But I think, like, the rock wall climbing and, what, surfing, um, skateboarding, now, a few of the other ones that were the first ones of this year. I feel like eventually, I bet your favorite sport ever, Jared, cornhole is probably going to be an Olympic <laughs> yeah. sport. Like it, it, the professional leagues have actually become pretty big, so maybe eventually cornhole is going to be in there. I don't know. I feel like it is kind of like the stage for whatever the hell your sport is that you're into. Like I saw speed canoeing, and it's like, I don't know, I've canoed quite a bit in my life. Would I ever want to compete in speed canoeing? I don't think so, but... You can go win a gold medal for your country. It's kind of cool, but uh, like sometimes it is pretty random. The sports that you see. It's like I just I want to know these. I, these are the stories they need to be telling on NBC primetime with Mike Tirico. Yeah. How does somebody get in the get involved in the sport of <laughs> speed speed canoeing? Like, what, how do you ever pick up a canoe paddle and say I'm gonna I'm gonna go win gold at the Tokyo Olympics in 2020 in speed canoeing? Well, the one the one thing is, if you're a canoeist, <laughs> like, uh, just, uh, you might have a better chance than some people in different events, right? I mean, if you're really good at it, I mean, it is it is a little weird, but it is cool, you know. I would like to see uh, Tariko interview some of these guys. <laughs> like, uh, and by the way. How good is that guy? I mean, he Mike Tirico is just outstanding. When he does his little interviews, he's about the best there is in the business, I think. He does a great job. Well, I, yeah, I think Tirico's the best of the best. And even, I don't, like, I don't know if you guys saw it, during the gold medal game, yeah. like the audio at the game dropped out, so Tirico had to like jump in. And it was like seamless, you mm-hmm. know, because he's just so good. He's done it before. Um, so, yeah, he, he's the best. But you, you mentioned like highlights, the swimming. And, Jared, you said the track and field. Track and field is always so great. Those sprinting relays are always so, like, exciting. The swimming was really good, and we've talked about the gymnastics before, and that was still really exciting. But talking about Tariko, I don't know. Like, what, what you guys think, 
Ted, you said you liked watching it, but mm-hmm. it was like it was kind of hard to watch the Olympics this year. I understand the time difference. I understand NBC wanting to get things on during like prime time and stuff like that, but it was just so it was so weird how they were there were events on the Peacock app or like the NBC yeah. Sports app, but like on the actual main NBC or NBC Sports, it was like an event that happened yesterday and you're wanting to watch this gold medal match and you can't find it anywhere because it's not in prime. I don't know. It was just the the way that they handled their TV scheduling to me just didn't really make sense. I mean, it wasn't a huge deal because it wasn't like I was sitting down watching every single event, but just the, the few times that I was like, Ooh, I, I did see this is coming on. I want to see it. It was like, all right, I got to try, try and find this for 10 minutes before I can actually watch it. Yeah. It, it was difficult there, especially trying to keep up to date on anything live. I thought, for the most part, the way they covered it in prime time, knowing that the events had already taken place, I thought they did a good job with that. I think, Jared, you brought up the last podcast, though, and and they got to do this the next Olympics. You gave credit to some other guy that it was really his idea, but like the NFL red zone. I think it was, that was I think it was Matt. Was, was it that Matt? Was, Matt? was it you that threw the idea out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, that's okay, it was Matt. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's the way to go. Here, Somebody needs to run with that. I am so proud. I wear like a badge of honor on my chest. I did not download the Peacock app, despite that the fact that I quote unquote needed to download it for the Olympics. I never downloaded it. They did not get me. Okay. Um, but one sport I do think that I can't wait to see. It's I think it's going to grow leaps and bounds over the next two three Olympics when they do make some like small small changes to it. Is golf? I think golf has the potential to be one hell of an Olympic event if they can you know style it after the Ryder Cup. Like right now, it's all individual. But if they did something where it's team you know, team USA versus yes. team. I mean, just think about it. John Rahm in Spain, he's the best player in the world right now. Like, Spain immediately has a really good chance at winning this thing. Golf is a sport where if it's two-man teams, like, pretty much every country could have a legitimate chance at winning this. Uh, and so I think yeah, it, it could be not, really cool. I'm surprised they don't do that because, I mean, it is the Olympics, so it is country versus country. So yeah. golf would be the one that, yeah, you would do a Ryder Cup type thing. Or, yeah, two versus two teams or something like that. That would be really cool. And that, what's weird is because it wouldn't take – like, you could just – nothing has to change you just keep team score and individual score yeah so you could have individual medals and team medals so it's just something i think is really going to take off and from what i heard is all the usa golfers justin thomas said basically this is the coolest event i've ever played in and then xander shoffley ended up winning gold yeah and so i just think it's something that to keep your eye on next olympics if they make some small changes and make it a team event it could take. It could be the biggest storyline of the Olympics in 2024. All right, 2024 Paris. Uh, should we book our tickets? You know, we're growing here on this podcast. Let's cover it officially, huh? That sounds good. Yeah, we'll, we'll get and we'll get the Peacock app to throw us some money, and we'll, we'll do the whole. We'll do the red zone thing ourselves. There you go. That sounds like a great idea. All right, good stuff, guys, on the Olympics. We'll uh, guess what? It's football season. We'll talk a little football <laughs> right after this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. 
JJ's Excavating and Tree Services can help you with many homeowner items including skid steer work, footings, and gravel work along with property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service also experts in tree removals including stump grinding. Fully insured, no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him 3 Point Podcast sent you. All right, guys, we're recording this, uh, you know, what is it, August 8th, Hall of Fame weekend in Canton, always a big deal. Uh, you know, last year's was canceled because of COVID, so it was probably an extra special event here. I guess the big story in our area, there's well, there's like three of them. You, you got uh, Calvin Johnson makes it to the Hall of Fame. Charles Woodson, our one of our favorite Michigan guys in the Hall yeah. of Fame. What was cool there is he's elected the same year as Peyton Manning. They're always intertwined together from college now into the NFL. And going back to my generation, the boomer generation, uh, one of my favorite players back in the 60s and 70s, Alex Karras, number 71, out of the University of Iowa. He had quite a, a colorful career, but he finally made it to the Hall of All Fame, right. and I think that's very cool. The Hall of Fame, the Football Hall of Fame is the one Hall of Fame that I think 100% did it right. It, and every time this comes around every year around this time, David Baker, who is apparently like the head of the NFL Hall of Fame, like seven-foot guy, played football, a kid plays football, uh, he's he's the one that, he has the best job in maybe all of football, which is where he goes from house to house and you know let oh, Peyton Manning know that's very cool and and lets them all know that they're in the Hall of Fame and that's basically his entire job is just the whole Hall of Fame ceremony and everything. Uh, he seems like a great guy, but no, the Hall of Fame is awesome. The Hall of Fame game, I don't, I just I'm not a big preseason guy. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a preseason game. Lions, uh, whether it's the last preseason game, whether it's the first one. I just have never been drawn to it. I'd never even think about turning it on. Other than Hard Knocks, that's the only thing I will watch that's like preseason related. You know, I'm kind of opposite. I mean, I, I enjoy regular season, obviously, but I kind of get into the preseason stuff, seeing the kids trying to make the team, you know, maybe hearing a little backstory about how, how they're trying to get on the squad. I don't know. I enjoy it. It's football. It's kind of sloppy football, but uh, it, it's kind of like, spring training in 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 major league baseball you you know the season's getting ready to start you know they're practicing i agree with you on hard knocks i do like that uh but i i enjoy preseason and i'll watch all three lions preseasons games from kickoff to end i'm not gonna go that far like again it's another one of these that i kind of fall in the middle i do watch some preseason i definitely don't watch start to finish games like once once the Lions game really start to get to the fifth stringers that aren't even going to make the roster, they should turn it off. But like if there's a, a team that has a rookie or maybe like a Michigan player that I want to see what they do, you know, I'll probably watch for a little bit. I saw someone throw out for the Hall of Fame game, like uh, an idea that might make it more intriguing because it's the first one, um, and you know they've only been practicing for a couple weeks. Having the teams that were first and second in the NFL draft up against each other because most of the time it's usually yeah. two quarterbacks selected and you know so like this year you'd have trevor lawrence versus zach wilson and that actually might be kind of like intriguing i might have tuned that in for 10 minutes to see trevor lawrence's first series or you know something like that so i don't know but when it, i don't even who was it this year steelers and cowboys yeah yep like, i don't there's nothing really intriguing there for me so like i i didn't watch one second i mean i was i was on vacation too but even if it, even if I was on vacation, if it was like something super intriguing, I might have been like, "Oh, hey, let me try and watch this for five minutes." Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to, for me to get super into preseason. But that being said, it is like when it comes this Hall of Fame weekend, it is like summer's coming to an end, and we've got football for what the next eight months, basically seven months or whatever. So yeah, absolutely, it's definitely exciting. Yeah. yeah. Here's where I stand on pre, and I'm not alone. Sean McVay does not play any of his good players in preseason. And the first year he did this, whatever it was, the year I think they went all the way to the Super Bowl, he did this, and they ended up starting off the season like 8 no. Like everyone's like, oh, they're going to be so rusty in September, or this, that. Didn't matter whatsoever. I love college football week one because it is one Like when I'm just, I'm picturing it right now Michigan running, running underneath the banner. You're you have so much hope and like you have no idea what you're about to watch. It's either going to be 
a dumpster fire or you're going to be elated. I mean, I'm just thinking of years in the past. Last year, Minnesota, I th- we thought we had a championship team. The year before that, Middle Tennessee State, we thought it was the worst team that's maybe ever walked on to the Big Ten <laughs> turf. Both, and they ended up kind of both being wrong. Um, but I just I love that week one, the very first day, going in 100% blind that college ball has, and I wish the NFL would adopt it. And they have somewhat. They cut down one preseason game. I think give it 10, 15 years, we're not going to have preseason, and I'm for it. Yeah, uh, and look, I won't disagree with you. There is a huge difference between the way the college game is run and pros. I agree. I could live without preseason, but uh, I don't need the intrigue. All I need is it's football. I mean, it's football, <laughs> football, football. I'm I'm in. So that that's just the way it is with me. I mean, you can tell I like football. Is there any comments anybody wants to make about the way the Lions and Calvin Johnson have handled this whole uh, scenario, their divorce, if you want to call it that? Is is it one thing that pissed me think? off? Yeah. Really, really pissed me off was. Calvin Johnson, he's been for some reason he's been doing all these inter- like he's been doing the interview circuit, mm-hmm. and in one of them he says how Aaron Rodgers used to basically recruit this guy every single time they played to try to get him to go to Green Bay. <laughs> and one, let me just say, thank God Calvin Johnson stayed with us because what? if he would have pulled that stunt and went to Green Bay, Yikes. I don't think I, would, I don't think I would watch be watching NFL today. I think <laughs> it would have like put me in the coffin, and I would have never turned on NFL football or the Lions ever again if he had made that move. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it always amazes me, uh, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. And I guess my only comment about the Calvin Johnson and Detroit Lions situation is I'm a communicator. You guys know that. I'm in sales. I mean, yep. you know, you, I, it, to me it just boggles my mind. They couldn't have come to a medium ground and they had a drag on like this. Look, the guy re- retired, you know. He's pissed because he had to pay back his $1.6 million signing bonus or whatever. He didn't complete his contract. So you can kind of see the the team side a little bit. But for it to get into the public and, and they couldn't work it out together just blows my mind. Now, the Lions did make a kind of a last-ditch effort to get him back in the fold. You know, they offered him, I think, a three-year deal. This is just kind of within the last year. They were going to give him $500,000 a year for three years just to kind of be a team ambassador. And when I think about it, I think, you know, that that seems like a fair deal, but why did it take so long for them to, to do that? They saw the Hall of Fame coming down the road. They didn't want to get the black eye. So it's just too bad that, that you know, two parties can't communicate, negotiate, work things out like adults, and, and move on without the hard feelings. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad because he's one of the top probably like three or four Lions players ever, and now he's in the Hall of Fame, and this is kind of hanging over it. But it doesn't surprise me because it's the Lions, and they fought <laughs> right. so many other things. I mean, they forced Barry Sanders to retire early basically because they couldn't run the franchise you know, to what he liked. And so they botched the whole Calvin, Calvin Johnson situation too. So yeah, and I put more, I put most of the blame on the Lions. Frankly, I mean, I'm I'm not walking down the middle of the fence here. I think the team should have figured out something to 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 get him happy. Seriously, I mean, how how hard is it just to let him keep the whatever it was million dollars? I mean, he's a he's arguably the he's probably the second best Lion that's ever played for Detroit, and. A million dollars, we're going to be like basically cut all ties with this guy just because we don't want to pay him a million dollars. A million and a half. But the thing and is, it, I mean, yeah, it's easy for you to say, but I mean, that's a lot of money. Well, I don't it, care. Yeah, I know it, they got the money, but you know, why? then why even have a contract? Well, so I guess you're – so are you playing devil's advocate because you were just saying how you're no, I am. on no, the – I don't think you can just say the, give the guy the money. Oh, well, he quit early, so you hey. You see it all the were, time. Well, you do, but is it's it not right? Like he quit. Does it make it's not it like right? He, like Barry Sanders did, where he just walked away like at the prime of his career. The guy was broken by injuries. Like – on a team that basically wasted his entire career, he stayed with us his entire career. You acted like, like I said, what if he would have just left for Green Bay, right? In middle of his career, you don't like. But my only million dollars. But my well, my <laughs> again, it's not your money. It's easy to say. I, but all I'm saying is, there could have been some communication. They probably could have worked out an amicable deal. The yeah. team should have been at the front of working out the deal with him. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying just give him the money and go. <laughs> They should have given him the million dollars and said, thank you for not going to Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, there's a good compromise. 
<laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, uh, you know, we do have football season coming up. We have our uh, prep pigskin preview. Uh, we're going to be recording, geez, August two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah, August 24th. And we're going to be reaching out to all the uh, media members and whatnot from throughout the state of Michigan, seeing who the top three players, top uh, teams in their area are, some of the backstories. And we're really looking forward to putting that together. It's been one of our most popular podcasts uh, we do every single year. But, uh, you know, before we wrap up this podcast and this portion talking about football, fellas, uh, it is fall almost. You know, we're in August football season you can tell we're already a little geeked up on that what what are you most looking forward to college pro high school i don't care what are you looking forward to this upcoming football season it was the full stadiums and the tailgate and everything but now it's almost looking like we're not going to get that uh you know due to the delta area and we don't we we do not have to go into that rabbit hole please god don't let us go in that rabbit hole but i was excited for that but i mean how do you Every year, and we fall into this trick every year, we act like, man, college football, anyone could win <laughs> Like, anyone could win it. And then you get a couple weeks into the season, and it's just like, oh, it's just going to be basically a rinse and repeat of last year, which is Alabama Clemson. running away with the title. But I'm excited for this year just because, listen, college football is changing, I would say, probably for the worse uh, within the next few years when all this conference realignment happens. So for all the people who are so upset about that, I would just say let's enjoy these next few years that we have of – the college football that we've always loved and remembered and just appreciate it for what we have, which is a few more years of that. I think, yeah, I think the the next few years of college football are going to be crazy because we're going to really see what this whole name image likeness thing, how it affects the game, uh, the conference realignment, like what you said, who knows what's going to happen there with the big 10 and, and the SEC everywhere. And, and then the college football playoffs may be expanding too. So like, yeah, how college football looks this year in two or three years, four years maybe, it might look completely different. So, yeah, I want to sit back. And, of course, I'm a Michigan fan, so as I'm sitting here reading the headlines about fall camp, I'm starting to get really excited. And, you know, they're, they're saying, all the players are saying, there's a different energy. The old Harbaugh is back. The new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, is bringing his, like, his new mentality. And, uh, you know, starting to get me the Kool-Aid is getting a little closer. I'm not drinking it yet. But it's over there. I can see the blue Kool-Aid, yeah. and I'm starting to get excited, though. I'm with you on that, and I, I think it's a it's it's a huge year for Michigan. It's it's Jim Har- Jim Harbaugh. His nuts are on the line. He knows it. Maybe he has come in with a little different attitude. Uh, you know, we're all optimistic at this stage of the year. We haven't seen a game yet, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for to see what Michigan State will do. You know, I'm the guy that's kind of I love my Michigan Wolverine football squad, but I don't root against Michigan State. It'll be interesting to see what they do over there with Tucker, yeah. what they're going to do with their quarterback. You know, I know uh, Mike Hazelton, one of our followers, uh, when I put out my schedule on on Twitter, you know, that I put out every year for my wife. Uh, you know, <laughs> is that what? what can we got to look behind the curtain of the schedule. When when is it schedule time? When do you start compiling it? Right about this time. Yeah, <laughs> start early soon, August. As soon I, as I teams start, report. No, in August I kind of take a look at. Okay, it's going to be a busy fall and winter leading up to New Year's. Let's see what my weekends are going to be like. So I just put it together by high school games, the college games involving Michigan State and Michigan, and then the Detroit Lions. And my wife and I work our work our regular life schedule around that on every weekend. It's, that's all right, don't you think, Matt? No, I think you definitely have to plan that, especially with, with your high school games that you're still calling and then figuring out your, your Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, you got to plan it out a little bit. Jared, you're going to get there at some point. <laughs> you take shots at your uncle. You're going to get there at some point. Yeah, last year, actually, he gave me credit. He said he kind of liked it. Probably, I, I do like the idea. Of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to go through and do the work. But it's hey, that, if it's, it's not that around, much work. I'll it's not it. that much work. Um, what is, what is this? Uh, (laughs) eight Thursday, eight 19 modern woodman. (laughs) That's on my own personal calendar. (laughs) I got to do a remote for the radio Uh, station. The one thing I will say that's kind of a flaw in this by doing it so early is half of these games have a TBD next to the time the game will be. Well, what are you going to do? At least, you know, it's that day, right? That's the whole idea. All right, fellas. I mean, uh, you got to pencil it in on the time, right? That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) What I was going to say, you mentioned Mike Hazelton. Oh, yeah. His reply to, I saw his reply to your tweet. He threw out the weekend where I think Michigan and Michigan State both play at noon, and they're kind of cupcake games. Yep. I forgot that Michigan plays Northern Illinois. Right. I forgot that Rocky Lombardi transferred there. Oh, no. And, you know, we all remember Rocky Lombardi. Now a Michigan State legend because he <laughs> absolutely torched Michigan 
last year at the big house, I forgot about that. And that makes that game like way more intriguing. Yeah. Michigan 100% should win that game. But I- I'm going to be curious to see like what, what happens with Lombardi over there playing for Northern Illinois. It, it's it, That's going to be an infuriating game no matter who wins. If Michigan blows them out, Michigan fans are going to be like, Acting like we just, yeah. you know, like we got revenge. Yeah, we got revenge on him. <laughs> um, and then if stay, if somehow, some way, Rocky Lombardi wins, we don't even need to go into what the fallout would be from that. But. Yeah. And by the way, Matt, thanks for finishing my thought because I was sidetracked there. I wanted to get that Rocky Lombardi thing out there. So good job. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, it was good to be back, uh, Jared. We're back to the old grindstone. Matt's uh, out for another vacation. You know, enjoy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to respect it. I love it. <laughs> Like we talked about the the back to back vacations, it's it's almost like impressive that you can do that. Um, but no, you're gonna have a blast, and I'm jealous for yeah. sure. Oh, I was just gonna say, Matt, one of your biggest challenges or or task is uh, producing this podcast. So you still got to do that along with your laundry and everything else. Yeah, you know, yeah, it makes it makes for a good Sunday though, because I, I get to relive the podcast when I go back and edit it, <laughs> and yeah, I, I try not to cut out too much. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to another another week of vacation. But we. Maybe I mentioned this on the podcast, but it is kind of crazy because we had these two weeks, and then football gets crazy. Like you laid out your schedule, Ted. Oh yeah. We basically don't have much planned just because work gets crazy and everything. And then with the baby coming at the end of the year, so it's almost like we're living up these two weeks of vacation (laughs) because then the next four months or whatever, busy with work and stuff, and then another kid thrown thrown into the fold. So. I'm going to enjoy this next week of vacation and just kick back. Chill, man. Chill and have a couple cocktails for us, all right? Chill. Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. Another fun show. Uh, just remember, everybody, you got something I got, to I got, add? Yeah, just uh, two, two quick things to throw out. Uh, we'll be quick on them. No, that's fine. Um, one, the topic kind of came up on Twitter. I'm surprised that you actually sort of agreed with me. I'll be interested to hear Matt's thoughts. Miguel Cabrera, I mean, is there any way to say this guy isn't the best Tiger that's ever played? I mean, how can you honestly argue that? Well, you could argue Ty Cobb, but, but but Cabrera is like like you saw, he's the greatest hitter I have ever seen for the Tigers. I was going to say Ty Cobb. I don't know, Ted. Would you say Al Kaline? Would you say Cabrera is better than Al Kaline? Uh, well, as I prefaced it, Al Kaline is my favorite Tiger. Uh, when I'd say better, you know, because Cabrera is the best hitter I've ever seen. I mean, Kaline had everything though. I mean, he could he could throw. He had a rocket arm. A great fielder. Great leader. But best baseball player, it's got to be Cabrera. Five hundred yeah, I mean, home runs, three thousand hits. It's almost it almost shouldn't be. I mean, we could you could have an argument that Miguel Cabrera is the best hitter pretty much ever. I mean, he did a triple crown. I feel like that is like swept under the rug. That's crazy that he did that in today's yeah you're right. Day and edge. Even in, in this Shohei Otani you know sweet season, like he's nowhere near a triple crown. Uh, so he was just the king of the world in that season, and I would argue that he's maybe the best player ever. One final thing I'll throw out: the August twelfth. Circle it on your DVR, Ted. Field of Dreams game. It's yes. I, I mean, what an event they are throwing on. I mean, the MLB makes a lot of mistakes, like here or there, with a lot of their promotion and stuff like this. But August twelfth, for those who don't know, they're going back to Iowa, where the Field of Dreams movie was shot, and they basically rebuilt this whole stadium. You know, eight thousand seats, cornfield all around the whole stadium, corn maze. It looks like just an incredible event that I have circled, and I'm going to be watching it. It's the only, it's the only baseball game of the year I will watch that's not the Tigers, and I just can't wait. Uh, is this the first year they're doing that, or have they done that before? First year, yeah. yeah, first year, yeah. And that is cool because that, you know, Field of Dreams. That's one of my favorite movies. It's definitely one of my favorite sports movies. So it is cool to see an actual game being played there. I hope though they kept like no fence in the outfield and just cornfield. Because it would be hilarious to see, like, a yeah. player run into the corn. No, they I, do the fence. They um, should have done that, though. Wouldn't that have been yeah, awesome? Yeah, it would have been cool. <laughs> um, yeah. We, I had that same – it's crazy that that's what everyone thinks about. Yeah, I had the same debate where we were looking at a photo of this field trying to figure out if there was a fence in the outfield <laughs> or not. And there is, sadly. But, yeah. But, no, it's awesome. It looks so cool. And talk about just a game that I wish I had tickets to somehow, some way. It's that one. But well, I think they had to put the fence up because they didn't want Ray Liotta walking out onto the field from the corner. <laughs> Moonlight Graham. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I agree with you, though. I mean, how could you not love Field of Dreams, the movie? And this is a great concept by Major League Baseball. Hopefully the Tigers can play in that someday if they do it every year. It'd be cool. 
I've been, I've actually been there. I was on a sales trip one time in the Davenport, whatever they call it, the Tri-City area yeah. there, and, and checked it out, you know, and it wasn't really much then. They had a little, like a Sandlot League baseball field there, and they had a farmhouse, and obviously the cornfields, but it must be really cool now that they put a major yeah. league caliber stadium in there. Yeah, it's it looks so sweet. I, I, anything like like I always think of like Notre Dame when they would play at Fenway or uh, like all these different type of. I remember MLB like three or four years ago played at like the Little League World Series on like a little miniature field. Right. Like anytime that p- people do stuff like that, I always think it's the coolest thing in the world. Like playing at a soccer stadium, like it's just cool. Oh, by the way, we're wrapping up talking baseball. Tigers still playing pretty good ball. I think they're five games back here uh, in the uh, from under five hundred. They signed Scopes to a two year extension a good move there yep. he's had a good season uh but i was gonna say you know we're here in august little league world series back also coming up down the road and that's always a great great event i think uh it's espn awesome. does a great job in coverage on that so we were, we came full circle boys we covered pretty much every sports topic we wanted to get into any other comments before we wrap this up all right well don't forget everybody follow us uh, on social media we do a lot of stuff there mostly matt Thank God. Uh, you can follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They all include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, Corona Connection, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Kendall Drugs in Corona, Hankard Sportswear, the Owasso Speedway, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z925 The Castle. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying until next time, so long, everybody, and be safe. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona all the time. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.